plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed. Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Today is Thursday, and it's second last episode of this week. I don't even know why I started talking about that, but today's episode is dedicated to some of your questions, some of your most frequently asked questions that I got from my social media or my emails. So, Question number one. And this question, it's um, a type of question that I get a lot. So it goes like this. Can you have one tablespoon of ice cream per day slash week on a keto diet? And so this question can go like this. Can you have, I don't know, 100, not 100, but probably like 30 grams of um, milk chocolate on a keto, low-carb diet, or a healthy diet, or uh, on a sugar-free diet. Uh, There are so many questions like that, like, can you have this? For this particular question, can you have one tablespoon of ice cream per day week on a keto diet? My answer is, if it fits your macros, that is a short answer. Longer version of this answer That being said, some foods, highly processed fats and sugars, dairy products, might create the state of inflammation and immune response that might raise your blood sugar and kick you out of ketosis. And being on a keto diet, guys, it means that you are in a state of ketosis. Otherwise, otherwise it's not keto diet. It's low-carb, high-fat diet. It's something else. But specifically, ketogenic diet is defined by the state of ketosis, basically when your body produces ketone bodies. And it's only achievable with certain metabolic conditions, conditioning, meaning that your blood sugar gotta go down, your body has to switch to fat burning to produce ketones, and also inflammation and immune responses can kick you out of that. Also, according to data, people respond differently to different foods when it comes to blood sugar. And again, blood sugar levels, um, blood sugar levels affect your ketosis. 
And if your blood sugar goes up really quickly, so you go out of ketosis and you are not on a keto diet any longer. Some people's blood sugar skyrockets after ice cream. Some people's doesn't. Also, it might depend on the kind of ice cream. In any case, your personal answer depends on your reasons, why you're doing keto diet and what's your main goal. For the majority of people, constantly staying in ketosis is not the end goal. For weight loss, in most cases, it's not necessary and might be even counterproductive to stay in ketosis all the time. Not saying that you need to eat ice cream to have maximum weight loss of fat, fat loss effect at all, but uh, eating some more healthy carbohydrates from whole food sources, maybe some sweet potatoes, maybe some more uh, fruits or berries, some nuts and seeds, and just, um, you know, some more healthy carbohydrates, it might be beneficial for a lot of people, especially a lot of women, to get in and out of ketosis on a regular basis or being on some sort of cyclical ketogenic diet or um, flexible ketogenic diet. So um, can you eat that tablespoon of ice cream again? What's your goal? You know, what are you trying to achieve? What are you what are you eating besides that spoon of ice cream? It's this kind of answer is highly um, like personalized. Again, depending on what you're trying to achieve, what your goal is, what you're eating um, besides that one tablespoon of ice cream and that goes to any food first and foremost guys you want to figure out what's your goal and how what allows you to move forward towards that goal and if that particular behavior you know maybe the foods that you are considering to eat or something else if that behavior gets you backwards from your goal then you know it's your call do you is it worth for you to eat that food, to um, stop your progress or delay your progress, or maybe you can delay that food till later once you reach your goal. Because also, guys, remember that maintaining your weight loss is much easier than getting there. And so once you stabilize your weight, once you reach your goal, uh, you might allow yourself much more of the of those, uh, you know, treat foods, Um in, in no way I'm saying that you can ever go back to the lifestyle that you had when you put on weight because that behavior actually led you to putting on weight, right? But you can allow, uh, especially if you have a really healthy diet that satisfied all your nutrition needs, you can allow uh, yourself to have some desserts here and there. Uh, it's not going to do much harm. Although... You know, of course, there is also this controversial thought that I always have that every single food that we put in our body, our body is going to incorporate in some cellular structure. So do I want to have some stuff from some low-quality fo- low foods in my cells permanently? Probably not. So that's another question, but that's a question for another day. Today, we are continuing to another popular question that I'm getting all the time. A lot of people, of course, are trying to either lose weight or maintain weight or get leaner and lose fat, not necessarily weight. And um, dieting, uh, calorie restriction comes uh, um, comes out often, especially if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of weight to lose, you probably would need to restrict your calories at some point to reach your um, 
to, to reach especially certain body fat percentage, especially if you're already, again, not um, obese, not um, overweight by a huge, uh, a lot of pounds, um, right? So in that case, for some days, for a period of time, it might make sense to reduce your calories. But of course, most of you guys would want to also have a healthy calorie restriction diet. So you don't compromise your health a lot, even though calorie restriction is always um, some sort of compromise for your body, because your body has to function on less amount of energy. And energy at the end of the day, it's, it's a real currency for your body. Um, your body needs energy for almost any process to replicate cell, to replicate DNA, to create certain um, molecules to protect you. Um, that's what your immune system does, you know, to create certain proteins for different functions. All that requires energy. And so the less of it you have, um, the less your body can do that maintenance, repair, recover your work. So just keep that in mind. But in any case, the question is, what does a healthy 1000 calorie diet look like? And here is my answer. Like it's not the only answer, but that's what I would recommend. That's what I, how I would do that. Um, the healthiness of that, of this particular one thousand calorie diet is in its micro and macro macronutrient ratio. So you get a good amount of healthy fatty acids, um, you get enough protein, maybe not really enough if you're a bigger guy training a lot, but with 1000 calories, you know, it's a huge deficit. Don't think that you can satisfy all of your nutrition needs with 1000 calories, but this plan, this simple plan that I suggest comes... Um, you know, it's a good plan. For 1,000 calories, it's probably one of the best you can have. So three meals on my 1,000 calorie healthy diet. Meal plan. Breakfast, two pastured eggs and an avocado. And that will give you somewhere around 360, 380 calories. And plus, it's going to give you fiber. It's going to give you 12 grams of proteins. It's going to give you some choline, some uh, vitamin A, some vitamin D, some um, omega-3 fatty acids, uh, monounsaturated fatty acids, some, did I say fiber in avocado has good uh, amount of fiber, some potassium, magnesium also. Lunch. Can of sardines, water-packed sardines, because we are doing 1,000-calorie diet, so in olive oil or any sorts of oil, you know, not really going to work for this particular calorie goal. So can of sardines, um, somewhere around 120 grams, so somewhere around 4 ounces of sardines in water, uh, plus um, a cup of a cup or a couple of cups. When it comes to non-starchy green vegetables, guys, I wouldn't even count those calories because your body has to digest all this fiber and you might spend more energy metabolizing all of that. Uh, so when it comes to green non-starchy vegetables, don't count your calories that precisely. So a cup or a couple of cups of green starchy vegetable, green non-starchy vegetables cooked or um, salad plus one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil. So your lunch is a can of sardines in water, um, veggies, plus one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil. That will give you some around 340, 350 calories. And then for, and plus, you know, omega 
three fatty acids in sardines, some potassium, some magnesium, some calcium, some phosphorus. And depending on the veggies you choose, you know, it can give you um, some more minerals, vitamin C and fiber. So it's amazing. Press extra virgin olive oil. I'm going to give you some healthy fats that you need for energy. And dinner on this 1000 calorie meal plan is chicken livers, uh, four ounces or 120 grams, more green non-starchy vegetables cooked or fresh. And when it comes to veggies, guys, go for variety. Sometimes it's going to be Brussels sprouts, sometimes it's going to be broccoli, sometimes it's going to be asparagus, sometimes it's going to be kale, um, collard greens, uh, bok choy, just rotate all of them. Whatever you can find, green, non-starchy vegetables, eat a lot of them. And uh, again, chicken livers, four ounces or 120 grams. Uh, plus, mix your veggies with one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil. And that will give you somewhere around 300 calories. So in total, it will give you really close to 1,000 calories, maybe 1,050. Um, but that's a good 1000 calorie meal plan that will allow you to lose a lot of weight because 1000 calories it's really really low if you can stick to that for a while it's going to be difficult guys and i would suggest when you do such a reduction to go maybe three maximum four days a week and then the rest of the week do maintenance and maybe uh, if you're in that phase when you're trying to lose maximum weight. So go for maintenance for other three to four days. Um, and then again, do 1000 calorie uh, diet for three, four days, and then again, go to maintenance. Um, so that's how I would do it. If you have any questions, if you need specifics of this plan, um, feel free to reach out uh, my email, my social media, and I'll send it to you. And a couple of more really quick and fast questions that I got over the past couple of days. What are the signs that you are losing muscle and not fat? And guys, sometimes when you're pretty lean already, you can kind of see it when you are losing fat because you are getting leaner and you can see more muscle definition, but that can also depend on how much water you hold, right? But really you would want to use some sort of measuring system, either calipers that they have in some gyms. You can also purchase them. Uh, calipers are used by um, measuring your skin faults, the thickness of your skin faults in certain places. Um, and those calipers usually come with formulas that you use to then calculate approximately the amount of body fat you have. Then there are other devices that are more or less um, uh, more or less precise, like DEXA scan is probably a golden standard. It will tell you where you have fat, how much of that fat you have, how much muscle you have, how much water you have. So pretty good equipment. And then BudPod, um, it's a oxygen replacement technology. I used that one. To, uh, it didn't really, it doesn't do a precise job on people who are really lean. So I didn't like that one. And also almost every gym, almost fitness center has this machine um, the, where you hold two handles and you step on some sort of like um, scale and then it will print out um, this 
paper with body fat percentage, muscle mass. And so just use the same machine. Try to do it uh, on the same day uh, of the month uh, or of the week uh, in the same type of clothing at the same time of the day because that really matters. You know, for example, my leanest time is in the middle of the day when I do my workout and I didn't have my lunch, dinner, you know, whatever you call it, um, yet. And so that is my leanest time. If I do that earlier in the morning, like 9 a.m., for example, compared to 1 or 2 p.m., I'm not going to be that lean just because I'm going to hold more water. Uh, and then if I do it later after I eat, it's also going to be different. So again, try to do it the same time, the same clothing, the same device. That is really important to use the same device um, to have precise measurements. And yeah, so use some sort of machine that can give you those measurements. And that's how you know whether you're losing muscles or fat. And also a good indication that you are losing muscles Every time I would lose some muscles, my lifts would fall. So basically, when I go to the gym, I would be able to lift less or I would be able to do the same amount of weight less time. And that means for me, and if it's consistent, you know, on some days you just don't feel that energized because of maybe the lack of sleep or something else, maybe some more stress, maybe different time of the day or the week or... Um, might be different reasons, but if that's consistent, that means that you are losing muscles because you are losing strength. And the last question for today is, are protein bars healthy for you or does the good not outweigh the bad? So most protein bars on the market are officially candy bars with whey protein and some more vitamins and maybe fiber. Um, so are they healthy? No, just like candy is not healthy for you. And in any case, they're inferior to whole foods. A protein bar, even the best one, it's still a highly processed food. Like it's a powdered stuff. It's a processed food, guys. Yeah, the initial ingredients might be good. There are some bars from Quest Nutrition, from some other elite um, sport nutrition supplements company. Um, they have really good ingredients, clean ingredient list, but it's still a highly processed food. And the only time when it really makes sense to consume those bars, um, professional athletes, when you train four, five, six hours a day and you need to have something in your stomach, you know, in between or in the middle of that session, of course, you're not going to be like boiling eggs and having a full um, dinner or lunch. That's when all these supplements really make sense for all of us, the rest of the folks who are not professional athletes, who do not train all the time. That doesn't make sense uh, to not have whole foods. Whole foods work better. They are better for you. There is no question about nobody questions that. So why would you go for some protein bars unless you really have to for some reason? I don't know what that reason is. 
Um, but yeah, whole foods are better and protein bars are still highly processed foods, even though macronutrients and ingredients might be different than in candies. But sometimes it's not different. It's just a candy bar with whey protein. So just be aware of that. And the same goes for most supplements. They're not actually designed for regular people. Regular people do not need them. Like most of us, you know, multivitamin, maybe sometimes omega-3 fatty acids, maybe some minerals when we miss them. But uh, most of us can meet most of our nutrition requirements from food, and there is no need for those supplements. Even when you're, you know, somewhere on the go, when you're traveling at the airport at work, you can pre-plan it, pre-pack your lunches, pre-pack your snacks made from whole foods. And it just takes a little bit of time to pre-plan them, not right before you have to rush out, but maybe on the weekend, maybe you when you have some time, just do that because it matters, because it's your health. And that's it, guys. Uh, most, again, supplements, you don't need most of them. Not at all. Not pre-workout or after-workout. Even when I do the hardest workout, I I have water in my <clears throat> water bottle. Sorry. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, hopefully these questions answered some of your questions and helped you to think better in a healthier way about some of the eating habits, some of the um, diets or dieting approaches. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, send your questions in. I'm more than happy to do the research for you to answer your questions. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily.